Are you unable to concentrate on the tasks at hand? Do you need help focusing more or leveling up your game? Here's a tip. Try Cognizant Citicoline, clinically studied to support mental energy, focus, memory, and attention. Cognizant supports brain health and supplies the brain with the energy it needs to stay sharp. Cognizant is a leading nootropic featured in over 200 products. This podcast is powered by Cognizant. Visit Cognizant.com to learn more and find a product to help you fuel your day. Ready to achieve great heights? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Power Your Performance, the podcast where we dive deep with leaders in the gaming world and beyond and learn the techniques they use to power their lives. I am your host, Gary Kleinman. Andy Martin, welcome to Power Your Performance, powered by Cognizant. How are you? Every day is a learning process, so I'm, I'm active and, and available to add as much value as I possibly can to our community. Well, from everything I've seen, learned, and talked to you about, you're doing a, uh, a phenomenal job doing it. I love the background. <laughs> Thank so you, so you, you live more than almost anybody else that certainly that we've spoken to at the intersection of education and gaming, which yes. is obviously a phenomenal place to live. What came first, your, your affection to education early on or gaming early on? I think the affection of education is simply for the fact that I never was in the I never had the means to gain whether it's you know try to make some capital to get a scholarship in sports getting that opportunity and then having to work really really hard at it and never having really the time to play games but I was fascinated to see other people play games and just really making sure that I can put myself in a position to you know help people enjoy what they love to do you know and not everybody can be a a athlete from a professional perspective so there is other options, especially, you know, for the community that I grew up in, in the Southern sector of Dallas. So for me, it's just, you know, trying to give our, our, our community more options. So therefore they can succeed. And, and gaming was a, just a, a, the most logical third option that I seen. And I just really wanted to take my knowledge in regards to business and apply it in a way that individuals within our communities can have, they can see another element of success. But, uh, you must have grown up then in a education supported household. Was that because the way you're talking about it, it's so important and then gaming came kind of sort of second that education was stressed. I mean, was it stressed from the standpoint that somebody sitting over you doing homework or is that somewhat something that you individually love just to learn, take the test because you had to. But what was the joy in the learning and the the environment that you're raised in not quite i was raised in a household where it was important to make money (laughs) you know like you know so like education wasn't like it was you know 
don't get in trouble in school. Like I know you 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 don't want you don't have you don't like to be here, but don't get in trouble so they can call me so I have to leave work <laughs> to right. come here and, and you're in the principal's office. So so it was more so like let me make some capital so we can keep the lights on. So just do your your best. So you know I just just didn't like the way education was in our community. It wasn't logical. I'm not going to say the instance of like what does what does calculus have to do with my daily life right now but at that point you know i'm like what does calculus have to do with your daily daily life you know so those questions was always in my head so i think education is more important for me now to really just think of education more practically right think of education in a way to engage with youth in a way that they can see themselves doing something as they get older and and understand the values of if you can figure out something quickly that you want to do, you tend to do it in an addictive manner that can ultimately drive in success, right? If you want to be in the NBA, you practice every day. You know, if you want to be a graphic designer, you create graphics every day. And so in this instance, it's it's really, try, really trying to elevate the passion of, of individuals and help them understand that it's, you know, we only got so much time on this earth and the faster you can figure it out, the faster you can at least enjoy it. Yeah, without a doubt. It's funny that you, you mentioned education. I've, I've never understood the relevance of early education. And I think in my mind, when I go back, I think, why did I ever have to learn to diagram a sentence? Right. And it just never made sense where I had to do these graphs of where a dangling modifier went. It's never come up since. I don't think unless I make it to the Jeopardy final round and there's punctuation for 200, it's just never going to come up. So I, I, I applaud you for at least seeing that early on and going, hey, where's the relevance? How do we apply it and how do we use it? outside of the vacuum of education. So as you went to the University of Texas, did, did was there something there that, that also furthered that stimulation that said, hey, this is a path that, that I have passion about, or at least not yet passion caring? Is, is what happened at, in the University of Texas? Yeah, for sure. So at UTSA, I was literally like, you know, I went to school understanding that I wanted to be an entrepreneur just because I seen my uncles and you know my family. I seen individuals within my family actively going in that route of creating their own businesses. And so from my perspective, I just knew that that's what I wanted to do because I seen it growing up. And it's not like my family had, you know, multi-million dollar businesses, which they didn't, but they still had the drive to wake up every morning, you know, and own what they do and own what they do, you know? (laughs) And so I just knew that that's something that I wanted to do. So going into college, I actively scouted entrepreneurial opportunities and UTSA had a a business administration degree with a minor in entrepreneurship. So I took it and my third year, my junior, senior year was those active classes that we had to do capstones and we had to do business plans and things like that. And so, you know, immediately, you know, my, my professor at the time was just like, Hey, you know, identify a business, think of this makeshift business and we're going to, you know, create it. And so for me, it was at the same time that I was actively that, that sophomore year, I was actively at a cafe 
with my teammates and you know carvey evans was like hey my console is 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 broke and at that point i was like ding 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 like i can create a business if i can fix his console so you know that's what i actively did and i didn't know how to fix it but i actively advised an individual off campus to help me learn how to fix it and i in exchange i would just bring him business and i would just sit there and learn and so that was quickly for me where i recognized if i if i am engaging with all the gamers on campus this is a great opportunity for me to upsell by hosting tournaments on campus. And that's how I really got my interest in the gaming industry uh, from an entrepreneurial perspective. So, so it wasn't from actually having a love of, of gaming itself or, or sitting with a console or something else. It was kind of a window for building a business. Yes, for sure. Because as much as I wanted to game, <laughs> I just never had the time, you right. know? So it was like, okay, well, I guess I can be a little bit close to the industry because I got to work. <laughs> but no, it's, you know, it's a fascinating perspective because most people that, that certainly that, that I, I have spoken to podcast and otherwise got into gaming because they love gaming and said, I got to make a life doing what I love to do. And, yes. and it's it's fascinating and, and I think incredibly interesting that we'll explore a little bit more that you came from the other side, that, that yep. there's kind of like a business here. I like gaming, but I like the business and the money more than I like the gaming. But t- tell me in, in the entrepreneurship program, because you know, people ask me all the time, they everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. I mean, everybody wants to control their own destiny and what have you. And, and what I don't know, and I certainly didn't go to an entrepreneur program, is did they discuss the concept of risk? Because if, if there's any trait that, that I know that an entrepreneur has to have is mm-hmm. you're comfortable with risk. You're comfortable yes. when there's $9 in the bank account and payroll's coming up in a week that's a lot mm-hmm. more than the $9 and you go, okay, 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 I get it, I get it, I'm okay, I'm gonna make it happen. Do they yeah. discuss that? Is that part of the curriculum or is that something oh, yeah. Hard knocks on, on the street, so to speak, you learn. Yeah, for sure. They definitely discuss it. You know, I had one of the best professors, you know, she was, you know, Anita Leffel was like the one of the best individuals in my life at that time. And fortunately, her son was, you know, started a business and ended up going to Silicon Valley and raising 32 something odd million dollars. So she understood both of those elements. As an entrepreneurship professor, she also had a son, an entrepreneurial, an an entrepreneurial pathway who raised capital in Silicon Valley. And so, you know, she gave us, you know, an understanding of risk by way of, you know, here's what my son is going through as well as, and that spoke to me because I typically am the person that I need to see it. Like if I see you in a Lamborghini, uh, that's cool, but I need to know how you got in that Lamborghini, you know? So I want the stories leading up to that. And that's why I am so keen to podcast because, you know, you, you you have individuals on your show. Um, like I just, I uh, watched Harley's, your last, and it was like really cool to see her perspective as I've known before, but it's really cool to see, diff- learn new things that I didn't know. But, you know, Thank you. our professor, yes, for sure. Our professor, she was practical in regards to business and risk and specifically SWOT analysis was a big thing for us to identify, you know, our, you know, our competitors 
careers and opportunities and and such. So, you know, she really honed in on it's really cool to have this high and pie type of dream, but what is your exit strategy? You know, like what is your what does the acquisition look like? Or are you expecting to go IPO? Like she broke it down and she put us put us in scenarios that forced us to think. And I was always that individual in the class that was actively able to understand the type of scenarios that she will put us in. And I would just blow past them because I already knew what she wanted us to do. Like, for an example, there was an instance where we had a scenario that she placed us in and she formulated groups, maybe like six groups of individuals, six groups of four or five. And she basically was like, hey, you know, we have to cut individuals in this particular company. She gave us a scenario and, you know, I got to figure out, you know, the team has to figure out who's going to stay on. And she basically gave everyone, everyone had to say, hey, she basically said everyone has a problem. Some, you know, one person may have their parent, their mother has cancer or someone's, you know, heartfelt scenario. And, you know, it was required of us to identify who's going to stay on in this team. And it was me that was saying, well, you know, everybody got a problem. We all have to wake up in the morning. The best thing we can do is pitch our scenario and how we can add value to this particular company. And I forced everyone to pitch and I let the class vote on who they felt needed to be. So my professor was like, I expected you guys to just kind of like fight against each other, but you just practically, you know, got to a resolution. And at that point, she just recognized like, Danny, you understand the elements of, you know, running, running a company and, and organizing and coming to a logical resolution to solve problems. And that's, that's when I recognized like, okay, this is something I really want to do. And, and- from coming from a, a family of entrepreneurs, somewhere genetically, you you must be comfortable with risk, and yes, and you have to, <laughs> yeah, because it, it is the the one thing, and and I'm not going to dwell on it. Is if you're not comfortable with risk and the fear, or in some respects, you look at it as excitement, or in a lot of cases, it, it's just damn motivation right so, yeah. so that you that you don't fail that 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 is 90 percent of of the way there and you know what i was thinking as you're talking about the exercise that, that you got is some people got to go um you know in the last couple of days that's hitting esports in a significant yes. way you know and and you know when there's 10 15 20 or 100 people in an organization and uh, it's not for me to, to name the organizations, but some yeah. of them are pretty significantly well-known. Yep. I am sure that that exercise is not an exercise right yeah. now. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and that's tough because, mm-hmm. as you said, you got to take the emotion out and say, hey, I feel bad that somebody is ill in your family, yeah. but we have a business to run. And, and, yep. a, and a business is a separate entity that deserves honor and respect and support. And you got to do what's right, right for 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 that entity. Yeah, you know it sounds in so many ways that you you are genetically built for entrepreneurship, which is great because it makes it easier than fighting to find your entrepreneurial leanings internally. Yeah. All right, so so now you're, you're comfortable with entrepreneurship and obviously the risk associated with it. Where does exposure come? Where where where's the that spark that that you go hey this is what i want to do 
I think, you know, when I think about the esports industry and it's kind of loose back to you were speaking in regards to esports organizations having to do these layoffs and and it also goes back to these these extreme valuations of these esports pro organizations. And you know, one of the things that I am am I am proud of is I didn't have the resources to spend on building or starting an esports pro organization, even though I want to in the future, I will, but because I didn't have the resources, it made me think about development first. So creating a pipeline would allow you to actively help individuals within the space who want to get in the space, develop their skill sets. So therefore they can actively add value to those esports pro organizations and creating that pipeline gives you a competitive advantage when you do start an esports pro team. So what I'm experiencing right now is, you know, you have these esports pro organizations that reach out to us with the perspective of, Hey, X and X understands graphic designing. Can we, some esports pro teams, ask me some esports pro teams basically go behind my back and and get and get talent to pull them which both of them is okay you know because the goal is to allow individuals to you know to help guide them in a way that helps them get larger opportunities right. more opportunities than what i can provide to one because i'm a small company but understanding the value of alumni mm -hmm. is 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 very critical to know that if I did want to start an esports pro organization, there is a pipeline that has already been established to promote some of the best individuals within the industry, not only from a competitive perspective, but from a management or a marketing or a technology or a production side of the space. There's a pipeline that's already built, which promotes sustainability within the actual industry. And that's one of the biggest things. I'm, I'm happy that I didn't have the resources and I was forced to start from the ground and work my way up versus having $2 million and starting an esports pro organization and having to find talent when it's very hard to find talent in a space that is still in its infancy. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think one of the challenges in the industry is you got gamers and gamers certainly professionally age out fairly young, right? Yeah. Somewhere in their twenties, depending on the game and the genre and what have you. And then they want to go into management or they want to go into a different skill set, but they don't have them because they yeah. didn't go to college. They didn't yeah. have your educational background. They didn't have entrepreneurship behind them. They didn't have an undergraduate degree that, that gave them a broader economic background and education and sociological education, what have you. Yeah. And and there's this gap and, mm -hmm. and you you have a keen sense to fill that. So if you were to define exposure, the 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 short elevator ride. Yeah. What is that? Well, we're an ed tech company by far. We have a good facility and it's nice, but we are more so an ed tech company. And we have a learning management system, which we like to call learning experiential platform that provides key insights, context, content assessments for that of students to learn, as well as build their portfolios within the industry of esports and gaming. And so for us, it's really about being the next canvas or teachable or, you know, any other learning management management platform that you see out there. But like I stated at the beginning of this podcast, actually giving the students something that they can actually touch, feel and experience. So therefore they can develop their portfolio. So in our platform, 
platform, there's functionality that is mimicked of what a student would do outside of school, like post on a social media or create their website or engage with a chat. So we mimic that functionality in our platform. So when we do projects that the students are engaging with, they actively can learn, but they also can apply and they can leverage that application to actually build a portfolio. So therefore they can then go and say, hey, company X, this is what I've done, which actively helps them have a competitive advantage in the workspace. Without a doubt, without a doubt, which is like anything else, the development of skills in in real life situations is a whole lot better than textbook learning. So uh, kudos to that. But so when esports teams come to you, Mm-hmm. Is there an, a, a normal protocol that they're asking for that you're supplying? Well, right now, <laughs> right now they're coming because, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, but DFW is home to some of the best servers for video games. And a lot of the teams across the world, when they're doing anything in regards to competing, let's say at Esports Stadium in Arlington, or if they need to compete on the online and they just need to have the best equipment, but most importantly, the best ping rate. And the best ping is typically in the DFW area. So currently right now, you have esports pro organizations that will fly their whole team here and stay for one week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks at a time to train and to compete in games like Valorant or Halo or NBA 2K. And actively, they would rent out our facility so therefore they can actually compete. And so it's about... It's about three places in the DFW area complexity, Esports Stadium and Arlington, as well as our facility where individuals are training, actively training. So therefore they can actively, they're, they're training while at the same time competing. So on the best ping grade. And that's how we interact with that of esports proteins. But one of the things that we do that differentiates ourselves from other, other facilities is that because we work directly with schools, anytime that we have programs inside of our facility, it gives us a great opportunity to expose the actual, or I should say, expose the students to that of uh, the pro organizations that are renting out our facility. So at a discounted rate, we can then say esports pro org, if you choose to come here, then you ultimately are obligated to speak to our students, whether you're the GM or whether you're the coach or whether you're one of the players on the teams in regards to teaching them or speaking to them about what it is you do and how you got into the industry and how much you get paid or, you know, what is your next steps and, and really exposing our students to the industry in real time. Like when I was in high school, I love when some of the pro athletes came back to our high school and spoke to us, you know, like that was, that got me excited more than anything, you know? So I want to provide that same thing to the students that come through our programs. Yeah, nothing like real world graduates, so to speak, coming back and saying, this is what it's really like, right? This, mm-hmm. this, this is what you have to do. Yeah, maybe different. To in, yeah, maybe different than your textbook or your professor said, but this is what's really going on out there, which actually leads me to an interesting question because of your expertise in esports and, and gaming, but but specifically in the professional esports world. And we alluded to it with, alluded to it with the layoffs. Yep. Uh, the valuations, which you kind of, you know, snuck in there. I mean, it, yep. it comes up almost on every conversation yep. I, I have. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot going on. Yeah. I mean, what, know, what, just... what do you think is going on now? And what's uh, the, the, what's the near and what's the near term? Yeah, it's just it's reality. The industry is consolidating as more individuals come into the space. 
um, individuals are recognizing that that it's very critical to button up these organizations, almost like the dot com, you know, era where, you know, you know, these websites got all of this capital. And I, I, I learned a lot of this by being in San Francisco. Like I literally lived in San Francisco, Silicon Valley for three years. So I experienced it before even hop it into the into the esports industry in full swing so like from my perspective it's just we the industry is consolidating more individuals having to button up their financials and actively you know when you recognize that consolidation is is happening you have to have a smaller team you know and that's just the reality of business so i i hear a lot of talk about it but you know it's good this is is it's not good that individuals are losing their jobs but it also is good that the industry is recognizing that, you know, we have to button up. And at this point, you're starting to see those organizations really button up because, you know, the economy has been a turn really, really hard in the next couple months. And people are preparing, you know, uh, COVID, <laughs> COVID really taught a lot of individuals how to actually, you know, there's two things that's going to happen. There's everyone is buttoned up, is buttoned up and... They know they understand that the the industry, the market is going to change. And then they're actively making sure that they are more nimble. So therefore they can capitalize in that type of environment because that's when your revenues are going to shoot up at that point because you're going to be needed in, in a capacity. And if you have a smaller team, you can actively um, you can actively uh, rise faster. So individuals are prepping. So therefore they can actually rise faster. And this is what the industry needs. It needs, it's consolidating. So you're gonna see acquisitions, you're gonna see, you know, like envy optics, you're gonna see those type of things happen within the space. And the the industry right now is prepping. Like if you're smart, you're starting to prep. So therefore you can capitalize when everything is back to normal per se. Do you do you think the basic assumption of the current financial model works? Or, or oh, it just depends. It just depends on how you get into the space. Like if you're speaking on, you know, you're speaking in, in regards to how exposure does it like for us, we, you know, we, I've never raised any capital for exposure. So it's customer funded, right. right? It's client funded. Our schools and our organizations help us survive. Right. right. And it doesn't, doesn't mean that we're just handing, you know, like making raking in capital every day is tough. You know, every month that I got to look at payroll, it's tough, you know, <laughs> but we're not, we're not in the position to where, you know, we happen to have somebody over our shoulders looking at us right. like, Hey, you need to return this back. You know, to me, it's, it's not that for us, which is, which is, you know, it may, it may come in the future, but I'm happy that it's not like that right now because the industry is turning. A lot of investors are not going to recognize how how nimble you have to be in this industry. So I think if you had to speak on our company, it doesn't fall on the same. No, you're, you're, you're doesn't. You're almost like the blue collar worker in in, yeah, in the space, sure. right? And yeah. and that's cool. That's a great place to be because oh. you're you're they're learning skills and and paying for them. I think my question was more into. That, that that true esports organization where their revenue model is sponsorships, you know, they, they would all like media rights, but yeah, I don't see that happening for the near future. And and purse winnings. And, yeah, for and, sure. And the cost to run an organization is not insignificant. Yeah. So these it, these pro organ organizations at the end of the day, they're multimedia companies, right? They are 
driven, their valuations are driven by way of how many views they engage with and how how active their audience and engage, uh, how active their audience is. So it goes back to what I was saying. It's like these teams need to grow. They they're they're consolidating for the perspective of say a second wave of COVID happens and everyone is forced to be at home and then they can capitalize on that viewership and actively grow the valuations of their organizations, which actually can be impactful for those sponsors that give them capital and at a smaller team, then they can actually see a, a positive ROI inside of that. So when you think about it is, you know, the notion of a esports pro organization you know, being sustainable just on their prize purse is is Foolish. unreal. Yes, yeah, it's just unreal. <laughs> yeah. But when you think of them as multimedia companies, they are literally in a position to create content and 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 bring in viewership to add value to those organizations or institutions or companies that are looking to sell a specific product. Because you and, know, and, and the challenge, right? To. And the challenge coming from a company that that I run that is a brand and is a CPG company is engagement is one thing conversion from that audience <laughs> is another yep. and and I'm not so sure that the data is ripe yet to show the connection between engagement and conversion and it, the organizations have to get real about mm-hmm. not only the data mm-hmm. what that data looks like you know, is it a brand awareness? Is it actual conversions? What's the value of that? What's the mm-hmm. sustainability of that? And and as games change, you know, mm-hmm. the, the one thing that, that excited me about gaming was not the games per se, but the communities around the games. Mm-hmm. And, and when people talk about gaming, it really is about the communities in and around the games and, and not the games. And you can look at, you know, Fortnite four or five years ago Everybody was in it. Now you don't really hear about Fortnite. I mean, they do some great things, mm-hmm. but you've got a lot of other games, but those communities are still engaged. And And I think brands, esports teams need to understand we're, we're talking about community mm-hmm. and community e-commerce, if that's what you want to call it, as opposed yep. to esports and gaming per se and rest on the on, on the game. I love the space that you're in. I know you you had said, and and you can choose not to answer if you don't want. God knows why I'm even asking this. You'd mentioned, you know, when you lay it out, what's the exit? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think about that? Because when I'm asked that, what I always say is, if we don't enter right, there is no exit. Yeah, right. So So I stay focused on the entrance, not on the exit. Yeah. You think about that? I have to, yeah. Like, so, so as an I entrepreneur, really t- tell it. us all what's that thought process? And I know you know, ultimately in a vacuum, we all say, "I want to sell it, move to an island, and be left alone, so I don't have to deal with these decisions every day." But yeah, in, sure. in the in the real world, what do you think about as you're got that time yourself, and you're going, "Okay, I'm proud of what I've done," and you, as you should be, because yeah. you got not only a great reputation individually, but the the company as well. What's that yeah. thought process? Yeah, it's pretty simple for me. I love this industry. I want to stay in this industry for the rest of my life. And I literally look up to individuals like that of Michael Jordan and that of Rich Paul, who's the agent for LeBron James. And even LeBron, you know, I see LeBron owning a team and being on the sideline of those games or, you know, or Mark Cuban, you know, being able to own a team like 
uh, my exit strategy is, like I stated before, I didn't have the resources to spend $10 million on a team, but that's not going to be, you know, I will have it eventually. And my exit is being able to go to an ed tech company that, you know, you have these large ed tech companies like, you know, Canva or even Kajabi, who just, you know, raised $760 million on their their first raise, Series A, you know, so they may lead, which gave them about a valuation of about $1.3 or $4 billion, right? That's so, a good day. And it, yeah, that's a good day, right? <laughs> good so day. at the end of the day, when it comes down to, you know, getting acquired by a Kajabi or Canva or Canvas or any of those companies, you know, I can then leverage that capital to start an esports org, you know, and literally have the pipeline already built. So at this instance, it won't be hard. It wouldn't be hard to find talent and produce great, you know, graphic designers or animators or visual artists or event coordinators to really build a sustainable esports pro org. And that's what's not being done in the current industry right now. And I hope to be the first that does it. I, I have no doubt that you will. I know in, in the interest of time, one one last basic question. Yeah. Somebody listening wants to get in the industry. What do you tell them? Build a portfolio. Start now. If you're 11, 11 years old, start creating content on something that's interests you. Um, make sure that you're focusing on having a, a healthy dialogue with your community because that follows you up until the day you die. And understand the value that networking is critical within this space. Talking to individuals, sharing insight, not holding it can ultimately help you get into doors and rooms that you never thought was quite possible. So networking, communication, portfolio, and consistently educating yourself within this space is very critical. Important information, much like you said about Harley, that you learned something about her uh, yeah. and that a lot of people learned a lot about you. And it's, yeah. that's all good, all good stuff. We'll, we'll do this again and we'll monitor where you are on that entrepreneur trail. I have yeah. no doubt that, that that you will get there, and I appreciate your time and yes, everything sure. that you're doing, and we'll be in touch. We'll be in touch. Appreciate Danny, it. Danny, thank you. Be well, okay. dude. Peace, peace. Thanks. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the MAP Esports Podcast Network and produced by Innovation Media Enterprises. Please be sure to leave us a review and follow us on your favorite podcast player.